<clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's the news. According to me. I don't know. It's uh, it's Tuesday morning, 7.47 a.m., November 21st, 2023. And this is me, your host of the news, according to me. I have a, a cup full of chai with Cinnabon creamer. It, it, it tastes, it's, for some reason, it's not very hot this morning. I probably should use my electric cup, but it's here nonetheless. I have a, uh, I have a, uh, it's one of those shows. It's just. It's just one of those mornings. It's just. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um, much like everything, I don't know how to explain anything because I'm not a doctor or a lawyer. I'm not a epidemiologist or a financial counselor. Just a guy with a microphone, a bunch of opinions, and yet people tune in. I was looking at the numbers this morning. I was kind of shocked uh, and amazed, actually. Again, just once in a while, there's a spike in in listenership, and I don't know why. Whether it's because reports come in from a particular platform or what happens, but it's just, you know, your listenership is just, it just, once in a while, it just goes through the roof. And I say, I don't know what, what that's all about. I don't understand. Please, please, someone explain it to me. If it's just a, if it's, is it the title of the show? Is it, is it, is, 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't think it is. I think, I think it's just some kind of a reporting thing that there's more people listening than what I see on a daily basis. And all of a sudden this one platform like Spotify or whatever it is comes through with all their reports on listenership and it, is, it, it spikes way up there. So I don't, I don't know what that's about. Nonetheless, um, got a, got a, I have no show planned for you today. I just have a show. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be one of those shows where I just kind of, just kind of ramble on, sip my chai. Now I do have a backup cup this morning. I remembered to bring it down here actually this morning. I was going to have the show at the Worldwide headquarters. Now, I probably will tomorrow morning. I'm probably going to have uh, tomorrow's Wednesday. There will be a show tomorrow, and I was normally having shows Wednesday morning shows. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be live shows for the month of December. I have a particular day off every day. Every, I wish I had every day off. I, I have a particular day off. I I put always put day off in air quotes because. Even though I have, I'm in the middle of three days off right now. I'm really not off. I I am busy as a bee here, as you can see. Uh, you know, I got to make chai. I got to make. I got to do my dishes. I have to pack my bags, unpack my bags, pack my bags. I have. Um, I got a lot of chores to do when I when I come. It, it, you know, I I spend a few days away and things break. I won't say who breaks them. Just somebody here at the house. Whoever's here at the house when I'm gone, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to mention any names or make you know point any fingers. I'm just going to say there's someone who happens to live here while I'm gone, uh, and a lot of things break while I'm gone. And it's and because I so I come back home and I have to fix everything, and then I leave so she can break things again. She doesn't break things when I'm here because I keep an eye on her. <laughs> I watch her like a hawk. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, no, that's, I just, um, stuff breaks and it just happens to break. seems like it breaks just on the day I leave. That's when stuff breaks. And I have to try to figure out how to do it over the phone, which is always fun. The, um, backup cup, I have a backup cup here and it's in my backup cup. It's kind of interesting. I have, uh, it's a fall drink. It is good though. It's apple cider. I have apple cider in my cup this morning. One of my cups. It's, apple cider has a way of kind of, uh, it, it kind of helps your vo vo vocal cords a little bit. It has that kind of a, it's almost like vinegar. Because they make apple cider vinegar, you know, which is just old apple cider that went bad. And I, I do have, uh, stuff kind of, it just has a way of kind of waking up the old taste buds and kind of cleansing the palate. Kind of clears the throat. So it has a little bit of an acidic thing to it or whatever it is. It's kind of like, uh, you know, anyway. anyway, so, so um, a couple things I want to talk about this morning. One is that I, I could easily go back to bed and go to sleep right now. I, I could just do it. Uh, I, I don't know what it is uh, about today. I just I just feel like I could just, right right before I pushed the record button, I, I thought, man, I could just close my eyes and just go to sleep right here. I could probably just, hit, just lean my head up against the microphone and just fall right asleep. I don't know why. 
I, I, I think I slept pretty well last night. I, I, I took a little, took a little bit of a, I didn't even take a nap. I guess I, I took, uh, what did I do yesterday? I did, I did some driving yesterday. I had to, I had to drive down to uh, Cherubusco, Turtle Town, they call it. If you've ever been to uh, Cherubusco, Indiana, it was a famous place at one time. Uh, it was on the map. It was, everybody was talking about it. the entire country. Made a big deal out of Cherubusco, Indiana, back in the 1900s. And uh, the reason was, there, there, I mean, there were movie stars, everything else were going to Cherubusco, Indiana. Because there was a guy draining a lake where apparently a supposedly a huge turtle lived. Great big turtle. And um, there were a couple turtles in there, actually. A couple big turtles that the guy pulled out, but there wasn't as big as what the people that you know, claimed were there. And um, the guy tried to drain the lake. He, of course, it got worse and worse. Uh, people were coming out watching this thing. They'd, they'd, they'd come into town and watch this turtle, this lake being drained so they could find the turtle. And uh, it, because of the way the bottom of the bottom of a lake is, it becomes, it's very silty. It, there was all kinds of problems. This guy actually, I think he injured, injured him. I can't remember what happened to him. He injured himself somehow. Um, I thought it was while I was working on the, on trying to drain the lake. In the process, he, he basically went broke. Uh, I think he filed bankruptcy a couple times during this process. And of course, then the whole thing just, the lake filled back up again. And, and now somebody else bought the place later on and they basically fenced it off and said they didn't want anybody around there anymore. Uh, so I don't, so the, the turtles now have their own, they're, they're taking over. The man who owns it was last seen in the mouth of a turtle. I don't know. So the, um, it'd be interesting to look that story up. I, I remember hearing about it when I was a kid uh, back in the 40s. Not when I was in the 70s when I was a kid. I, I heard about it, uh, had a teacher talking about it. That teacher happened to be alive. I guess he had he had been uh, a very young boy when all this was going on. Uh, very interesting saga. And uh, I now now you go into town. There's a little turtle there. As you enter the town, it says, it says Turtle Town, something like that. I see Welcome to Cherubusco. There's a turtle there. I think he's got a little navy hat on. And um, but that's that's. The extent of what you'll find out. There might be a story on a plaque somewhere. I could probably look it up on Wikipedia. In fact, I'm going to go there now because I have no plans. I've got nothing to get to. Uh, let's do a search for uh, Turtle Town, Indiana. Oh, look at there. Turtle Town Dentistry, Cherubusco, Indiana. <laughs> Cherubusco, Indiana, Turtle Town. Apparently, there's a. I want to go. Where do you go to? Who's your dentist? Uh, Turtle Town Dentistry. <laughs> uh, turtles don't have teeth. I don't. Uh, How does that work? Cherubusco Lake, home to the legendary Beast of Busco, is what they called him. And this was kind of a. Uh, uh, well, I guess they do have some other statues around town there with the, the turtle. There's a sign there. Unsolved histories. A giant turtle, a stubborn man, and dredging up uh, an entire lake. What the uh, in March 1949, the town of Cherubusco, Indiana, population 1,200, made national headlines as a result of the turtle's sighting in the murky waters surrounding Folk Lake. The waters surrounding Folk Lake. It wasn't just any turtle, but a turtle of monstrous proportions, 400 or so pounds of skin and shell, as big as a car or close. Monstrous killer turtle captured in Indiana. <laughs> Some kind of video. I don't know what that's. The Beast of Busco, the legend of 500-pound Indiana snapping turtle. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff here. I'll have to look at. I'll have to look at this later on because I'm sure you're not interested in it right now. The Beast of Busco, uh, the Legend of Indiana Central. It's September 2017. 20, this was just recent. Huh. Interesting that I would 
be thinking about it or talking about it. Uh, the elusive giant turtle, the festival. They, they, yeah, I guess uh, so. There was apparently a festival down there, the turtle turtle festival. Um, uh, we just missed the sixty third annual Turtle Fest, and we visited earlier this summer. Chairbus goes braces its its turtle related history by displaying a turtle on its municipal buildings sign in the town. That's interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, I don't know. This is this is the location, the actual location of Folk Lake. I don't know where Folk Lake is. I think it's just it's it's not much bigger than a pond. I mean, it's 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 a very small lake. I believe it's privately owned. Um, I got some old newspaper clippings here. Interesting stuff. Jones was ten at the time. He remembers the crowds, fans like swarming to Folk Lake just to get a glimpse of the. Yeah, I don't know where Folk Lake is. Um, it's it's it, interesting people around there. Um, it's been uh, let's see where the map. I thought there'd be a map here somewhere. I don't see a map. Yeah, let's go to maps. There we go. So I went down there anyway. I went down there to. Uh, oh yeah, here it is. See how close I was to it last night. I have no idea. Oh, I, I was very close to it last night, <laughs> actually. I'm surprised I didn't see turtles out there. That's, uh, yeah, this is, okay, 305. There's 305. This is, this is Cherubusco 33 on the way in there. I went, uh, was right out there. And I was within a couple miles of this place last night. Oops, what, what just happened there? Oh, what's, uh, I see. Um, yeah, Ari is right there. There's a little town. There's an intersection. Yeah, finger, yeah. Fingery Farms uh, greenhouse is right there. I, I was just, I was out there very, pretty, pretty close to this place last night, actually. Um, surprised I didn't see any turtles. It was kind of a little bit cold. It was cold and windy. Maybe the turtles were hiding. Yeah, Folk Lake is very small. Boy, that's uh, that's a tiny, there's there's a lot of lakes around it that are even bigger, uh, quite a bit bigger. The uh, Hunter Town, Lake Wawasee, is not too far from this area. And, well, that's Smith Field. Wait a minute, I'm looking at north. Yeah. Yeah, it's right there. Oh, I take it back. I was a little ways away from it. I was, I was, um, I was about five miles away from it, looks like. It's, it's on the other side of town, I guess. Uh, there's Big Lake, Bear Lake, Tri-Lakes, uh, which is down there, Tri-Lakes, Indiana. And then uh, as you go further west, <clears throat> there's a, Webster, Webster Lake, straight west from there. And Lake Wawasee, which is just north of there, is actually uh, Indiana's largest natural lake. It's pretty good sized. Uh, there is another lake that's, that's larger. It's man-made. It's a reservoir. So it's not really a lake. It's more like a river that they've dammed up. It, but it's... Uh, Lake Wawasee was actually a, a real lake. Now, it was back in the day. It's got an interesting history because back in the day, it actually had a very uh, interesting history there. Where it, I think it, I don't think it was it – was, there was a lot of land bridges and stuff, I guess, going through the lake. And it kind of – the uh, Corps of Engineers came in and basically said, let's just, let's just turn it into a lake. So I'm not, sure, I'm not exactly sure. Water management, all that stuff. And then there's this little, little bitty uh, Papakichi Lake, which is on the mouth of the, the stream that feeds the lake pretty much. Uh, there's a couple places that a couple waterways that feed it. There's a couple swampy areas, wetlands they call it. I grew up on that lake, living on that lake. I, I at least my high school years, and into my teenage years. Um, parents had a little little place there, and I and I uh, so I grew up on Lake Wawasee and Lake Syracuse. It's out there quite a bit, and it's a uh, beautiful lake. Uh, interesting history to it. Not too far from, from Turtle Town. I, I didn't see any turtles there uh, when I was down there last night. But the uh, – anyway, I went down there to look at a, uh, a piece of equipment from my house here. I've got to, I've got to get a, some, some equipment, heavy equipment. I got, I got myself a, uh, a backhoe. It's a loader – what is it called? It's called a loader backhoe. It's a, it's a Case 580, Super E. Case 580. It's a 
It's a tractor basically with a front loader and then it also has a uh, backhoe on the back. I got a little digging to do. I'm going to dig it. I got a pool issue, uh, in-ground pool issue, and I'm going to try to fix it myself. If it doesn't work, I'm just going to sell the thing. But I, if, if I – I got other, several other projects around the house here that I can use this thing for. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pretty handy little gadget to have around the house here. Uh, you know, I could have just bought a regular tractor, you know, a little podunky little tractor. I probably could get away – once I get the backhoe done thing, I might just buy a, a, a skid steer with a bucket on the front of it, like a, like a bobcat or something. Um, that's probably really all I really need around here. But I, this this job is going to be – I need to do some serious digging. And uh, the excavator type uh, backhoe type thing is what I really need. So I'm going to do that for a while <clears throat> see how that works out for me. And uh, some other things I'm going to take care of around here, get some – growth and some logs I got to take care of out in the woods. I got some trees that are down. I'm going to do some stuff with that. It's going to be hopefully, it'll be helpful to kind of mess around with that stuff. A lot of projects to get done next year because I got some vacation time next year. So needless to say, let's talk about some news stuff. That's old news. Turtles are old news. Let's talk about some new news. That's what we're all about here at the News According to Me. Oh, I have uh, just got an email from someone. It's, it's good. good to know. Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm still looking at those numbers. That's kind of, kind of unbelievable. So let's talk a little bit about Joe Biden uh, and this, this whole uh, – this. oh, by the way, is he being impeached or not? I just um, – Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened there? A couple of things that are boiling to the top right now in a lot of different ways. There, there are people, again, uh, the protesters. They're all protesting against Gaza. They all want a ceasefire. Okay, I, you know, I don't – now – Things are just really uh, ridiculous right now um, in terms of the way people are – the rhetoric that is happening on both sides of this issue. And it's, it's actually gotten to the point of, of disgust. Uh, it's, it, there's, there are very few people – there are people who are losing their heads. Uh, ben Shapiro, for one, I'm sorry. I've never really liked him <clears throat> too much. He, he, he makes some comments. Uh, uh, What's the guy's name? Is Paul Joseph, Paul Joseph Jackson? What's it, what is his name? I think it's Paul Joseph, Paul, Paul Watson, Paul. What's his name? I don't know. Uh, he has, he had an interesting, now he's, he, I, I don't care for the guy's channel. I do like his content with regard to what he talks about, what he brings up in his, his style. However, he, he does way too much. There's just way too much, uh, Cussing. I just, I just, that, that part of it, I just don't like, but I do, I do listen to I, when, I, when he has something that's interesting because he tends to have this kind of a in your face kind of, uh, here's, here's the reality of it. How, you know, how ridiculous he points out how ridiculous some of the stuff is coming from the left or the right, either one, but he'll, he picks on the left quite a bit. The, the leftist lunatics. And he, he has, um, he recently came out with this one it was about ben, ben Shapiro. And actually, there's a lot of people who on the, on the right, on, a lot of conservatives don't like Ben Shapiro. A lot of them are ill-informed about some things. But for the most part, uh, they, they pretty much hit, hit him right between the eyes with some of this stuff. And one of the things that, that this guy uh, came across, he, he – he happened to point out a lot of things that Ben has been wrong about in the last 10 years. And you know, Ben Ben was a big supporter of the vaccine. He was one of those people who came out initially and said, if you get, if you get the vaccine, if you get the vaccination, you're good to go. You, you can do whatever you want. You're going to, you're, you're basically that's the, you know, the, va the virus stops there. He's one of those people who were on board with this whole thing. Now, there's a guy that's uh, J.C. Pierce. J.C. Pierce, uh, he's a comedian. He came out with a short, I think it was yesterday. Uh, this guy's sitting there 
uh, he's got wearing a hat or a t-shirt. I think he's wearing a hat that says will not comply. One of those people who you know, wouldn't take the vaccine, wouldn't comply, all that kind of stuff. And he's one of those guys, but he's, and he's interviewing himself. He's, he's play, he'll play different characters. And so he's, he, you know, this one character is saying, so you're on board with the, you know, you're, so you're believing the news media now, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe them, you know, two years ago when we're talking about this pandemic thing. He goes, well, yeah, because they, they wouldn't keep, just keep on lying like that about something. So he's talking about the, the Israeli Gaza, Gaza war thing going on. And he, he makes it very clear, you know, makes, it's, it's, he's, a lot of his stuff is sarcastic and, and tongue-in-cheek type stuff. But he, he came across very clear that, you know, why are we all of a sudden trusting the media to tell us what's going on now? And obviously, they were lying to us before, but now all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're okay now with the, that whole thing. Very good point. Now ben Shapiro, of course, you might say he's a little biased because he is Jewish and it's a little bit triggered by some things that, you know, when people say things. Candace Owen came out with, a, I think, a, a very balanced statement and she was mostly talking about Nikki Haley. And Ben took it personally and said that what she was saying was disgusting. You know, we were told by Ben before the election in 2016 that Donald Trump was a liar. He was, a, you know, you shouldn't vote for him. He shouldn't be our candidate. Because he had to eat crow on that one. He still doesn't like, he just still doesn't like Trump, uh, Donald Trump. Still doesn't like the guy. You can tell. He's reluctantly, you know, a supporter now, but he... He's hoping for somebody else to come along. Ben Shapiro is an establishment rhino. And unfortunately, he, he is very good at debating his – when someone can convince you of something, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are right. It just means that they are very good at convincing you. They can come up with a, an analogy. They can think very quickly. Doesn't mean that they're right on something. Doesn't mean they have wisdom. But be because a person has intelligence or has a lot of information, does not necessarily make them wise with that information. They can still be deceitful. They can still be deceived themselves. They can still take that information and build a precept that is incredibly wrong. But they can have you believing that everything they're saying is, well, it all makes sense because in their minds, they've, they've, they've gone through this whole thing and made sense of it until you start to pick away at the foundational stuff and then it starts to come apart. That's when it all starts to crumble. Now, uh, Candace, I think, has, has really done a good job of navigating this incredibly difficult situation with Ben Shapiro in a very, she has done it with a lot of grace. And uh, she, I think she's made Ben Shapiro look like a, like a 12 year old or a junior high kid. And you know, he's the one who's, in my opinion, ad hominem, ad hominem, ad hominem, ad hominem, ad hominem attacks that are, um, just obligatory stuff. Just uh, yeah, that's enough. Enough said about that stuff. But the, but it, it ex exemplifies some of the rhetoric, even on on you know the side of their own side. Supposedly they were going to take a side to talk about sides. Not that there can't be disagreement. That's the one thing about the right that the left will not tolerate. The, the right has a tendency to disagree with each other sometimes, and we can get we can get around that. We can get we can get along with that. On the left, you're lockstep. You disagree. You're out of the you're out of the club, Bubba. You're just, you're done. You go along or you, you're done. You're discarded. Oh, by the way, remember when uh, the Democrats were all patting uh, Cheney, Liz Cheney on the back, puffing her up, making her feel presidential? Why well, might I just have to launch my own presidential campaign? 
they had her believing in her, in her this whole thing. You know, this is another one of those situations where they they tell you the truth. They, 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 they tell you something so long you start to believe it's the truth. They have discarded. They're done with her. They've discarded her. The, the January 6th commission is over with and now she's done. Unless she wants to come out and make another statement against Donald Trump, they'll bring her on you know, the news occasionally. She's, she's still a contributor to CNN, I believe. And she'll, so she'll come on there, say her little thing, just like Chris Christie. Chris Christie is only in this race. His only purpose is to, to attack Donald Trump. Now, at the same time, I'm going to be very, to be very clear here. Now, she, maybe they will put her in as a, as a VP with Gavin Newsom. I don't know. I seriously doubt that Gavin Newsom is going to have a female VP. And if he does, it probably will not be her. They will probably try to put another minority in as a VP. Now, I think the problem they're having with Gavin Newsom right now is here we go with another white guy. On the wave of hiring, you know, of using everybody on the plantation that they have. I'm here. I'm the, I'm the white man that's here to help you. You you have to vote for me because I'm here to help you. Because we're going to make sure you keep your money, keep the money flowing to you and keep you in poverty. Just above the poverty line. So that you never have any ambition to do anything more. Besides just sit there. That's their goal. That's really, they just want a voter class. They don't, they're just going to pay you guys to sit there and vote. That's all you got to do. And then when the uprisings come, we want you guys to step in there and get mad at the, at the Republicans. Blame them for everything. All, all your problems are because of them. I can't remember who it was recently uh, interviewed. Um, it might have been Chris. Was it? Was it, uh, was it the Rock? What the real guy's name is. He's kind of he's kind of a little bit of a loose weirdo, but um, I can't I can't remember who it was. He was, he was interviewed. He said he, the reason he left the the Democrat Party. Oh it, no, that was Chuck. That was Chuck Norris. I'm sorry, did Chuck? No, I was, I was watching an interview with Chuck Norris. They're asking him why he became a Republican. He said, "Well, the Democrats left. Their, they left me. They 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 don't. They have completely lost everything that they stood for in this country. They they've completely gone off the deep end. And uh, they they left me. They, you know, they, he was he was a Democrat. He grew up grew up as a Democrat. Now he he was more. He came from the Bible Belt. He was he so he he kind of came from that kind of history. I think he grew up in Oklahoma or someplace down in the Midwest in Bible Belt." area. He grew up basically with the Christian values. Now, he left those for a long time. Um, he ended up uh, coming back to those roots later in life. And he, now I would say he's, he's a, a pretty firm believer. And the reason I know a little bit more about him, I, um, I was involved pretty heavily in martial arts in the late 70s, early 80s. Now, this is when Chuck was just starting to get into movies before he had any kind of television career, but he's like Men in Black, that kind of stuff. He was uh, not, not, not Men in Black. Uh, good guys were black. Very bad movies. I mean, the, the movies themselves I thought were pretty uh, – the, the storylines weren't too bad. Uh, he, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a great actor. He, he was very good at martial arts stuff. Um, and, act, you know, this was the kind of the, in the fledgling times of action movies. Bruce Lee uh, had died, uh, I think, in 19, was it 79? Uh, I can't remember when it was, actually. Uh, here again. This is where uh, Bruce Lee dies. Uh, let's see what it is. Uh, age, at age 32, 1973. Boy, that was a lot earlier than I thought. I thought it was, I thought it was late 70s when he died. <clears throat> Still a little bit mysterious <clears throat> reasons around uh, 
around why he died. Not really true. Uh, not, there's some things out there that I think are – his biography was written by his wife. Um, I read that. I don't read much, but I did read that. So I was a big fan. I was really very much infatuated with martial arts and that kind of thing when I was a kid. And uh, watched all the Bruce Lee movies many, many times when I was younger. And uh, you know, this was within 10 years from, his, from when he passed. And uh, I, I got my black belt. And I had my own karate studio for a while when I was younger. In competitions, uh, PK, I got involved in PKA kickboxing. But mostly uh, sport tournaments, uh, point tournaments. That's what I was involved in most of the time. Went, went, to, went to Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit, competing um, in the open tournaments that they would have. Most of them were karate. Karate. But uh, I was in Taekwondo. This is back when judo had become a, a sport, uh, a, an Olympic sport. Now, judo... At its, there was a time when judo was a very, very uh, lethal, I would say closer to what jiu-jitsu is now. Uh, but judo was more of a, a foot fighting, you know, on your feet fighting thing. And it was more of a hip, you know, a lot of throws, a lot of, but there was also a lot of, um, I, would, I would say a lot more, you know, joint locks, that kind of thing, um, Grappling, it was more of that. But you, but you threw your opponent down, and then, of course, you had a control technique after that. But it was much more brutal in its day. Uh, then it became a, an Olympic sport, I believe, in the early 70s or 60s, late 60s. As soon as it became an Olympic sport, it changed, and it became much more... Um, you know, because you have to work the, the, you have to work your techniques around the, the rules. And because you're working your, your techniques around the rules, you start to, to different, you change your techniques and this is, this is what it becomes. And so after a while, all of your training is revolved around winning competition. And then it becomes, this is what you do. You grab the person here, you do this, you do this, you move, you, you forget about all the other traditional stuff that you learned before. The actual self-defense of that art kind of goes away. I'm afraid that Taekwondo has become that now. There were several different versions of Taekwondo, different styles of Taekwondo at one time. I think there was eight different styles. I was in Taekwondo Chunglohuan. And you learned some very brutal techniques. This was, you know, martial art. Martial means fight, uh, fighting or warlike art. It's a fighting art. Fighting. You're not playing a game here. You're defending yourself and your family. It's not something, you know, you're not going to, there's no rules in that, in that situation. The eyes and the throat, vulnerable areas, you go for those. You smash them. You destroy certain things on a person's body and that gives you the upper hand and you win because your life depends on it. In a sport, it does not, your life doesn't depend on it. They have rules. You can't gouge someone's eyes. You can't, you know, jab their throat. You can't, in most competitions, you can't kick them in the groin and you're probably not going to have a cup on if you did in the street. I don't know too many guys that walk around wearing a cup. On the street. You know, smashing people's joints, crushing, you know, breaking bones. Doing those, it, 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 we don't do those kinds of things in competition. MMA doesn't even do those kinds of things. You can't poke somebody's eyes out in MMA. I, I guarantee you, if an MMA fighter, well-trained person like that, was trying to attack me, I, I guarantee you. Uh, they may they may get me and they may kill me, but they're they're probably going to be blind at least one eye, the rest of their life. It's going to leave a mark. Let's just put it that way. I'm not invincible, but I certainly can at least you know leave some kind of mark on you. You're not going to forget the fight you had with me. Probably 
I don't know, maybe, you know, must just happened to catch me with a sucker punch or some kind. Which happens, right? It can't happen to anybody. So I, um, I, I, I went down this road primarily because I don't know why. I don't know why I went down this road. <sighs> Interesting how we how we remember history, how it happens, and how it, the thing you know things that I was just, I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, I know what it was. I was reading through the. I've been reading through the history of biblical characters and the whole you know after creation, the time between creation and the fall when. From Adam through up up until Noah, I'm trying to trying to figure this time period out, trying to make make it sense, make sense of it all. And there's some very interesting uh, documentaries, some interesting studies from some people have done, and it's just I'm just kind of digging into this whole thing because it's just it's one of those things where you know it's just you go through a season where you're just fascinated with a particular topic, and that's okay. So I'm just going to explore it for a little while. Uh, some people say, "Well, why are you bothering with all that?" Well, because it's 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 our it's our history. This is our this is our family. So we all came from. I want to kind of understand what happened here with great 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 grandpa. I want to know. So apparently, you know, in the in the. The time that all everything happened, and that what, because names and numbers mean things. The scripture wouldn't tell us that so and so lived for eight hundred and thirty years. It wouldn't be important that number. Why that number? Why eight hundred? Why why this? Why nine hundred and sixty nine years? Why three hundred and sixty five years? Enoch lived three hundred sixty five years, and then he was not because God took him. Noah started, didn't have his children until after he was 500 years old. And it says, after he was 500 years old, he had his Shem, Hem, and Japheth, or Yapheth, as some people call it. Yapheth. After he was 500 years old. It doesn't say when he was 500 years old. You have to be, I saw, when the first time I looked at it, I was like, well, he had him when he was 500 years old. He, they must have been triplets because he couldn't have had three and Three in a year? No. After he was 500 years old, he had children. Can you imagine living 500 years you know, before you had kids? It's a long time. By the time he was 600, that's when the flood came. So he had his kids fairly early on. We don't know how old his kids were. There's, I can't find any indication of how old three kids were, the boys. And um, I'm sure it's probably hidden in there somewhere. It's probably, it's got to be maybe around there. So I can't, but I can't really find it in, in at least in that, the story parts that I've read, read so far. But we know that they were born sometime within that hundred years. And they must have been born, you know, Relatively sooner than, than, than within that hundred years, because they already had wives or had people picked, you know, women that who had been picked for wives. That they may have been babies, and he picked, you know, the other babies. So you guys are gonna grow up, and you guys, I don't know. It doesn't say they got married prior to that, but it just it does say that they were their wives. So I it. it I, so I, I assume they were married. Everybody assumes that. Well, one of the things that I noticed in this story was, you know, everybody talks about, yes, they gathered, I mean, all the animals all came in by two by two, two by two, they all came in two by two. Male and female, team of two. And of course, that's the important part here is that each of its kind, which means that there was adaptation. So a particular, there wasn't, there wasn't every breed of dog. There was only one dog. Well, two. But the dog itself had all the genetic material of all the do dogs we see today. Now, 
very carefully, if you read the scripture, it says, no, there wasn't two of every kind. Of some animals and birds, the clean ones, there were seven pairs of each kind. If you remember, after the flood, God directed Noah to sacrifice some of the animals, which I always thought was kind of weird because like, well, how would you? Now, so if you sacrifice, how, how are you going to have more? How are you going to have more of those? If you only had two of every kind and, and, and if one of those kinds died, happened to die on the, on the, on the ark, now you've lost that forever. Because uh, there were seven of each, seven pairs of each clean animal and seven pairs of each clean bird. Apparently, the insects kind of just did their own thing. But um, yeah, if, if any, any of you have ever been to the Ark experience, the Ark encounter uh, down in Kentucky. It's pretty close to the Creation Museum. It's it's a little bit. If there's a there is a one campground that's kind of between the two. Um, nice little campground. Um, not a big campground, but it's a, it's a nice little campground. And I, we went there, camped, and we went to. I think one day we went to the Ark uh, Encounter, and the next day we went to the Creation Museum. We could have spent probably two days at the Creation Museum. There's a lot to read there. Um, it is a museum. It's not you know it's not a thrill ride. It's not, it's not Disneyland. There's a lot of information to take in. Now, they do have uh, some speakers there occasionally. The Ark Encounter is much more modernized. I think it's, it's probably a lot more to see there. Um, and again, there's a lot of reading to do. There's a lot of things there to, to do. A little bit more interactive experience. And they do have – they have a lot larger stage there, you might say, or an auditorium where you can get – and they have speakers there every day, almost every day. And um, it's, it's the, you know, I think on the certain, certain days that they have special speakers and it is really uh, quite something. And then, of course, they have special seasonal uh, things as well that they, they, they put on. Personally, I, um, I think it's worth going. Um, some people might think it's, it's – uh, I, I know that people who, who go there – Typically, we'll say, "Well, this isn't scientific. This is not. This isn't." Until you go there and you start realizing, "Hey, this, they, these people know their stuff here. This is this isn't just a bunch of hokey pokey stuff. This is kind of realistic. I mean, this is this is it's all plausible and it's all. First of all, it's all scriptural, which is amazing. And then it's you see it scientifically how they how they the, the theology, the, the the theory behind this, the the hypothesi is definitely plausible. In fact, there's a lot more questions in the world of science. That are the only reason, the only way they explain it is, well, it must, it must not have taken a million years. It must have taken a billion years for that to happen. Okay, well then where is all the fossil evidence then? There should be troves of fossil evidence. If we can find things that happened billions of years ago, that were billions of years old, then how is it that we can't find fossils from, you know, if it's a hundred billion years, why can't we find a fossil from each of those billions? Like 99 billion and, and 98 billion and then 96 billion Well, there were huge leaps. Okay, how did that happen? Uh, mutation. Oh, really? Well, so how, how, how many years was it between these mutations? Well, thousands of years. Okay, well, we, we've seen, we have historical document of, of, you know, Earth's history over thousands of years here in the last thousands of years. How many mutations have we seen that have created new... Uh, a new species, a new kind. Well, uh, you know, where's, where's one, maybe we've had a leap here in the last thousand years. Well, you know, uh, 
well, you know, there's a new kind of deer. There's a new deer out there. It's a, it's a new deer. Uh, we found it. Uh, it's a it's a deer that has uh, a gray tail instead of white tail. Oh, that's no, that's still a deer. Of course, then there's the coelacamp, which was expected, which was we were told for years as a as a human population, we were told by science it had been extinct for a billion years. The coelacamp. It's a fish. And somebody caught one. Over in Taiwan or someplace or Philippines, wherever it was. Oh, look at there. There's that, there's that extinct one that's been extinct for millions of years. Oh, yeah. Science. That's great. You can find live seashells, like the clams. You can find live clams that they you do a radio whatever test on the thing. It says it's, you know, three hundred thousand years old. Yeah, I don't think so. So we have uh, a lot of issues there, folks. That's all I'm saying. It's a lot of issues with all that stuff. And I, I'm sure that there's, you know, there's there's a lot, a lot of scientific things that bring up a lot of questions. There's also a lot of things that, you know, part of it is the mystery. Now, some people believe that God created everything with history in, in, in it. It was created with history. In other words, when he created the stars, that he created them, you know, historic. They created them actually in place with uh, with their with their lights. In other words, in other words, you know, it takes hundred million light years. When a star is hundred million light years away, it takes hundred million years for that light to reach Earth, to reach your eyes. So those, that star's already burned out. But somehow God created it so that that light from that star already had its, you know, was already reaching Earth when he created it. <clears throat> now I don't know. I don't know how he did it. I don't know what he did there, but that that seems a little ridiculous to me. I think I don't. I just think there's things about science we don't understand yet. I know that there's, there's particular ways that light travels that they that they thought it way it travels and may not travel that way at all. I know that he set the stars in motion and he calls them by name. I know I know that. There's billions and billions and billions of them. So anyway, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cough in your ear there. I, did, I didn't quite hit my – that's what happens when I don't hit my mute button. I usually hit my mute button three or four times in a show. So now you know what, what it's like. Now you can thank the mute button for whenever you watch a show that I don't cough. You, don't cough. What did you call me? So I have a – the question is, is Joe Biden – let's go back to something that matters. I guess it matters. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, Joe Biden has this um, – he's really going down the tubes. His, his, he's, and he's tanking in the polls even worse now. He had, had a little plateau moment where he kind of leveled off. Things were kind of normal. Everybody was telling us, oh, this was just a, bloop, a blurp on the, on the radar that Donald Trump was polling so well. The, the Dems are, are panicking. Their heads are, are blowing off because they, they realize – most some of the people in the media who aren't on the inside apparently are, are – Realizing that hey, this this guy's going to lose against Donald Trump. We got to find somebody else that can win against Donald Trump. I believe that person is Gavin Newsom, and if if not, they've got somebody else hiding in the wings. Uh, one way or another, he's going to be. I, I believe he's going to be on the ticket. Now, one of the reasons I believe that is because look at it this way: Why would the governor of a state be going to China? Have all this news press coverage following him. What what what, what business? What, why are you going to China? If that, that's like the the governor of Indiana going to China, well, I'm going to China because we're going to need to increase relations with China over there for Indiana because that's best for Indiana. I'm, I'm representing Indiana while I'm going over there. Oh yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, what, why are you doing that? We don't. I buy a lot of stuff from China, but that's that's the problem. We didn't hire you to go over to China. We're not. So it's – or dang it. So I have a – I have a 
all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Gavin Newsom's been, been governor for how many years and how many, how many trips has he made to China? And it's one thing to go over there as a sightseer on vacation or whatever. You're going to go, I'm going to go to China on vacation and check out. No, this was, a, this was a diplomatic move that he did this. It's much like Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan in the midst of, why all of a sudden is she going to Taiwan? Back when, back when uh, right at the end of, or it was at the beginning of, beginning of uh, Biden's presidency or whenever it was, when the, when the Chinese were, there was a lot of saber rattling, a lot of things going on. And all of a sudden Nancy Pelosi goes over there. And of course, then they're, they're all upset. Uh, the the Ch- Chinese are all upset with her because she's going over there. Well, but she had to talk to her, her folks over there because her husband invested a lot of money in computer chips coming from Taiwan. They were getting uneasy. She had to go over and reassure them. There, this, there's meetings going on over there that, no, that nobody's allowed to, to, to attend. You have to keep in mind, Diane Feinstein, the late Diane Seinfein, rest her soul, had a Chinese spy driving for her, working for her for 20 years. Are you telling me nobody knew about that? Is that so, so we can have a Chinese spy working for a senator for 20 years and we're supposed to believe that the CIA and the FBI and the NSA are all-knowing and all-seeing. I guarantee you, if I did anything wrong, they'd be, they'd be down my throat in a heartbeat. They'd be knocking on my door. But there's a, a spy living with one of our representatives for that long. Whatever happened to that guy? Well, we extradited extra, extra him. We you know, sent him away. Oh, that's nice. He should be in prison. Chinese would do that. I'm sure the Chinese would do that. If we were over there spying in China, I'm sure they would just, oh, we're going to send you back. You're, you're spying. We're going to send you back. You've been, you know, working in our, our government here for, you know, for one of our government people for so long. And we've got all these secrets that we discovered that you've been, you know, touting. So we're going to, we're going to send you back. Diane, in my, in my opinion, I believe Feinstein knew. That was one of her Chinese contacts. These people are in so deep. We now have a Speaker of the House. They think it's a scandal that this guy's been living paycheck to paycheck. (sighs) Something wrong with this guy. He's living paycheck paycheck to paycheck. There must be something wrong with him. Why? Because he's not become a millionaire on a six-figure salary? I think they make, what is it, 180000 a year, whatever they make. I'm not sure who, who pays for their travel back and forth. I think they have to pay for that out of their own pockets. They're paying for, you know, they, gotta, they go back and forth from, their, from Washington to their, to their constituents back home. Now, I think that they can raise funds for that through campaign funds. I think that some of that can pay for that. But a lot of it's uh, out of their own pocket. And of course, if they have a, you know, that's one of the things that, if you remember AOC, when she first got to Congress, well, Congress, we need to make more money because housing here, I have to pay for a, 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 a housing here is too, too expensive. Can't afford to rent a, rent a place here because it's too expensive. By the time I pay my rent and do all this and uh, she, keep in mind now, she wears some of the fanciest clothes. She has a Tesla. I don't, I don't know if she has loans and lives on credit cards. I'm not sure what all is going on there. My guess is all those things are taken care of for her. And all of a sudden, she stopped complaining about her funds. Stop complaining about all that. Because, you know, there's probably uh, all kinds of things coming through, uh, pay all under the table stuff happening. All of a sudden, she stopped complaining about it. People leave office. If you add up all the money they make in the time that they're in office, 
as if they hadn't spent a dime, added all up. They walk away worth more than all that. And they walk out the door. How did that happen? Yeah, some of it's insider training. In the case of Nancy Pelosi, that was a big, big part of it. In the case of um, most of them, it's a lot of other insider and under-the-table deals that they make with lobbyists. This happens on, on to politicians, but it also happens in, on the everyday levels. Uh, anybody has, a, has a, a, a place in their life where they have the ability to control or to uh, have, have a particular influence over the decision of a company. In other words, um, they have these people at most, most factories, they call them the controller, which is the, basically the, the accountant uh, person. Uh, under their their supervision, typically there's per, a purchase agent, a person, a person, a purchaser, a purchasing department. I worked in a in a factory when I was very young, eighteen years old. I had a just out of high school. Actually, I, was, I think I was seventeen when I started there. I graduated when I was seventeen, and that, I think when I graduated after I graduated that that summer, I got a job working in the factory, and. Um, there was this guy who was a purchaser there, this factory. Now, I happen to know, I mean, my dad also worked at this, my dad and my mom, actually, my, and my brother there worked there for a while as well. My sister was the only one who never worked there. And this guy, he was a purchaser, he, um, interesting guy. When, he has a lot of power with other manufacturers, suppliers. When a supplier comes to them and says, hey, we have this widget that can go on your, on your gadget. We can sell to, to so you can manufacture and uh, assemble your gadget. And we want to sell this component, our little widget component thing, to put on your widget. Because this, this, this bigger widget has all kinds of components on it, so they have to outsource a lot of that. There might be switches, might be lights, dials, whatever it might be. So they have to have a supplier, and they, and they need, you know, hundreds of them a month. We need a hundred of those, of those little fuses, you know, every, every month or whatever, these little switches or whatever it is. Maybe a thousand or whatever it is. Well, that, that gives you some, some clout with some of these suppliers. So one supplier calls. You want to place a big order. We're going, to, we're going to order 300 of these a month, which is, you know, add that up for a year. That's, is it 3,600, whatever it is. Okay, well, um, that's a big order because they're $100 a piece. Well, I can go to a, your, your competitor and I can say, oh, well, let's, they'll, they'll, they'll get us down to 90 bucks a piece. So you go back to the other guy. Well, okay, we'll do it for 90 bucks a piece. Well, now, which one do you choose? Well, then uh, one day, maybe not even during business hours, the purchase agent gets a phone call. Purchase agent says, says or the, the guy says to the purchase agent, he says, uh, you know, uh, because you're, uh, you've been a good good uh, purchaser of our stuff. We're, we would like to uh, send you a new washer and dryer to your house. Where would you like to just deliver it to? Oh, well, you can send it to 1234 Jackaberry Avenue. He gets his new washer and dryer. Guess, what, what, which supplier do you think he's going to go with? This kind of stuff happens all the time. All the time. All of a sudden, this person who's a purchase agent at this company who's making, you know, average wages, all of a sudden has 
a lot of new appliances in their home, a lot of new light bulbs, a lot of new stuff, maybe even a brand new car. New lawnmower. How are you getting all that stuff? I don't know. Some guy just stops, stops here and delivers it for me. I know this happens because this happened to my dad. My dad was in charge of maintenance of a particular facility. He was the head of maintenance. And he had to order light bulbs one day. He took, and I, this, I know this happened more than with just this one particular supplier, but there was, he told me the story about this one. I think it was because he was so, he was, had just been so flabbergasted that day by it that he told me about this story. I think most, most, most of the time, he never really brought work home. Unless I was interested. If I asked him questions about it, he would tell me. But it, it, it was one of those things where he never really talked about work much at home. He said that he had this story about this deal where he was ordering light bulbs. They were trying to find this place where to get light bulbs. And they went to several different suppliers because they, they went through a lot of light bulbs back then. They were mostly, uh, there, was, there was probably seven or eight buildings that, that he was in charge of. Manufacturing big, big, you know, big buildings with lots of light bulbs, a lot of, lot of fluorescent lighting at the time. And so he had, went through a lot of fluorescent, fluorescent bulbs, a lot, a lot of uh, incandescent bulbs as well. And so they were, they were ordering large quantities. And this guy, <clears throat> you know, he was trying to talk him into buying his light bulbs. And, and so dad placed an order. It's okay, we'd like to have this many light bulbs. You need them by the end of the month if you can get them here. This is before Amazon, you know, two-day shipping. And I said, okay, where would you like to have your uh, washer and dryer delivered to? He said, what, what are you talking about? So we'd like to, we'd like to uh, thank you for being, you know, for, for choosing us as your supplier, and we'd, we'd like to send you a gift for doing that for us. Uh, we'd like to send you uh, a new washer and dryer to your home. So you mean, you mean to the company? This is, this is a company. This isn't a home. He said, no, no, to you personally. This is a, a thank you to you for making the decision. So, well, I'm making my decision on behalf of the company. I'm not, this isn't something I'm purchasing. And they said, well, we know that. We know, we know that. It's, uh, but this is just for you. This is just thank you for you. Now, it's one thing for a company to put candy in the box that they're sending something to so that the employees can enjoy it. Or a gift card or something like that. You know. And that, that, that would even be kind of shady. But my dad hung up the phone. And he thought he was mad. He was actually mad. He, he, said, he said he called the guy back and he canceled the order. Then went to another supplier and bought, them, bought their light bulbs. He was just, he was upset with it. First of all, he knew it was, he, he was, of course, now the, and what he, what he didn't like about it was the pressure it put him under because he, you know, he knew we, we needed a new washer and dryer. And I, I could, he didn't say this, but I could just tell it, it, it really troubled him that he really wanted a new washer and dryer, but he, he knew he couldn't do it. It was, it was, Twisting his heart, tempting him. He didn't like that. So, needless to say, we didn't get a new washer and dryer. Now, my dad was an appliance guy; he could fix anything. I mean, he was you know he was working at maintenance, obviously, but he so he was tired of working on this old washer and dryer every time it broke down, put new valves in a new pump, whatever it was. He was the Maytag guy. When the Maytag guy couldn't be found. So we, um, I learned a lesson though. But that, that was interesting to hear that. But that's, this is what happens to politicians, folks. A lot of the lobbying, supposedly, that goes on, there's a lot of greasing of the wheels and washing of each other's hands, scratching of each other's backs that happens in these situations. Well, we want this and you want that, so let's just work together on this. And it may not be best for the people, but it's best for you and me. 
And what's good for you is good for the people because I was, you know, and because they want, they like you, they elected you, so they must want you to have this. It's going to give you more power. It's going to give you more ability to stay in office and do all these good things for people because you're such a good guy, good gal. After all, you're, you know, you got five inch heels on, so you, and you can run in them, so you must be, you know, something special. When Nikki Haley said that at the last debate, she said something about, well, I've always said you shouldn't wear heels unless you can run in them. I got five-inch heels, but I know I can run in them. I, you know, I would have just said, I've got six-inch heels I can run in. What's your problem? What, what's so big deal? Is that some kind of qualification to be president? Why are, with everything going on in the world right now, and you're going to talk about gender stuff, the fact that you wear heels, you think that's important right now? Nikki, Nikki, Ricky. We go back to junior high school. Ridiculous. We've got a border that is ridiculous shape right now. We've got wars breaking out all over the world. An economy with inflation that is off the charts. And she wants to talk about the fact that she, well, she, needs, she, she deserves the office because she's got heels on. That, that's something she's going to stick back in your face. Yeah. So there. Oh, you're despicable. Oh, you're, you're scum. Oh, ooh, my, oh, my goodness. Is that how you're going to talk to our, our foreign uh, ambassadors? You're scum. Because they call you out. <sighs> well, folks, it's been a long show. It's been over an hour. And I'm not sure what I've talked about other than a lot of interesting things, but nothing in particular. I'm, I'm not sure how to even title this show. I'll have to figure that one out. It's always, that's always, it takes me longer than the show itself to figure out how to title this thing. It's going to be the ramblings of a, an old man show. That's what this is going to be. All right, folks, I'd like to uh, thank you for listening. There will be a show tomorrow morning. I do have some, some appointments today, but I, the next couple of days I have a lot more time off, or a lot more time, I should say, to work on some things uh, tomorrow I'm going to be a little bit busy playing with a tractor tomorrow it's going to be delivered at noon should be fun so I have um, now Thursday and Friday I'm not sure what, what's going to happen with the show it's, like I said tomorrow morning may be a live show so stay tuned for that if there's a live show it will be between the hours it will start between 8 and 9 o'clock in the morning I'm not sure exactly when it will start but it's sometime in there Hopefully it will start. I'd like to start it earlier than later, but I don't know that I'll be able to get out the door and get to the worldwide headquarters by 8 o'clock. Usually I can, but we'll see how that goes. In the meantime, folks, pray for our leaders, pray for this nation, pray for the things that are happening around the world, that uh, they'll be held accountable as well as they will see the truth. God bless everybody. Have a great day.